Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up? I, I think there's one question to be answered, guy. You know what it is? don't what is the question do you hate animals i don't hate animals john you do not like stray cats i don't mind stray cats i don't like owned cats that people let wander what's a cat you own it they don't go on leashes you have a house you have a yard you have an apartment you have a condo that's where your cat go it's your cat I know, but when the cat gets outside, like they kind of have a mind of its own. It's not community property. <laughs> well, what? I mean, we'll tell that to the cat. You know, no, they I'm don't listen. Tell that to, close your door, leave the cat inside. If you got an outdoor cat, don't have a cat. What, what is the point? Somebody explain what the point of an outdoor cat is. Well, they're not an outdoor cat. Just some cats like to go outside as well as they stay the majority of the time inside, right? I just cats are not community property. You, you own it, right? So like, you 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 close. Clearly, you have a neighbor who lets their cat outside, and the cat comes to your pad. Right, it just leaves its hair everywhere. Like where in your house? Backyard, like patio, you know, like furniture, patio chair. Gotcha. Everywhere. That's where he hangs out in the patio chair. Very personal to me. I am. This cat knows that we have a battle going on. We're head to head. The cat is winning. It's getting the best of me. Do you, do you ever walk out there and the cat is sitting there? No. So the oh, so you never see the cat? Never. I've seen the cat in passing, like leaving. Well, what what time do you think the cat would sit there on the chair then at night? I think, yeah, in the middle of the night. Oh, so you think it sleeps there sometimes? Yes. Yes. Well, here, here again, let's say they have, like, you know, those little cat doors where the cat can go in and out? Yeah. So the cat could go in. Like, they're sound asleep. What are, what are they supposed to do? Put a the cat on a leash? It's hard. If somebody's dog wanders into the yard, what do I do? Uh, if, but a dog's different because you kind of control. You put a dog on a leash. You don't put a cat on a leash. You shouldn't have a cat then. You shouldn't have cat. There should not be outdoor cats. If have you, have you mentioned yard, it to the neighbor? No, because it's a cat. It's bullshit. That's what I'm saying. It's a loophole. If it was a dog, I'd call immediately. Hey, your dog's back here. Yeah. Well, and exactly. It's very. They would say to me what you just said. What do you want me to do? It's a cat. So you have like a hard, like iron kind of chair type deal with a, with cushion? a cushion on it. Yeah. yeah. So it's not. I mean, it's not the lazy boy or anything inside. You know, it's it's outside. Well, it's unsittable. You have to. You have to. Uh, you know, use use the, yeah, a little tape thing to yeah, get yeah. it all out because it's cat here and it come out. And the cat, it's like they're they're dirty, so it like leaves a stain. It's it smells. It's just disgusting. Yeah. Well, I don't. How are you going to win this war? Problem is, cats are smart, John. I got these like spikes, like this tray. It's like flat, and it's got these spikes on it. Like a cat wouldn't want to sit on them, and I put them. And the cat, after like a couple days, figured out I could just move them. It moved the spikes. Just lays between them. This cat is dominating your backyard. It is. It is all over me. Yeah, you, I, I, yeah. This cat, I, this, I am Jimmy Ward, and this cat is Brandon Ayuk right now. It is kicking your ass. 
it's like, I, I mean, I, I'm Nick Saban's defense, and this cat is Johnny Manziel. And it knows, it knows that we're in a face-off. That's the part that kills me. Well, I, I think what's bullshit is like, why can't the cat sleep in their backyard? Right? Exactly. Thank you. But what if they don't have patio furniture? It's comfortable. Not, again, what, why but again, is this, the, the cat doesn't know. Concern. The cat doesn't know. It just gravitates toward comfortability. You know? Why is this any of my concern? But it's not. But I don't think there's any way for the people to stop it. Right? Keep it inside. Oh, I don't I don't know. He likes going outside. Well, how is that my problem? Well, it's not, but I don't know if it's fixable on their end. You gotta come over. You you come look and then you tell me if no, I'm I'm not saying I, I would enjoy it either. I I didn't know that's where you were gonna go with it. I, I would have assumed that you just like the neighbor's cat walks by the front yard. Yeah, I, I get it. Now if you said I'm coming over Friday. I know that I would need to spend 10 minutes trying to clean that. 10? I mean, how much? You can't, cat hair is fucking outrageous. Yeah. It's like a tick. Each sliver is like a little tick. You cannot get it out. I'm going to snap. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great to have you. We appreciate you. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Like the YouTube. Send us pictures of you and your Tito's, John. Tito's handmade vodka. Uh, it is our favorite. It is the number one, the original craft vodka in this nation. Since 1995, our guy Tito Beverage built his very own distillery, put his life savings into it, went all in, and then started winning awards. World Spirits Competition, the Chairman Trophy for the world's best vodka tonic. Um, I like going to the website. I know you do, too. You find uh, recipes. Last year, we found – you know, one that was good last year was the vodka, ginger beer, and uh, cranberry juice with lime. Remember that one? Fantastic. That is that's hard to beat. You 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 tweeted out on the Jeter documentary. He caught himself because this was, I think, before Tito kind of hit the the open market. You, it makes sense, right? Alex Rodriguez. He's dating that girl who's like a fitness model. Very, you know, Tito Soda is very healthy. He just naturally dropped. I don't even. It just it it just unconsciously. How you could say what? You, yeah, just Tito Soda. I was making a Tito Soda because let's face it, it is Tito Soda. Uh, Tito's, whatever you're drinking with Tito's is the easiest bar call since Jack and Coke. It's just everywhere you go, Tito's and something. Tito's and, I mean, most of us drink Tito's and soda. I've been going with a little splash of, splash of cran just to get a little flavor in there. Oh, I like that. Yeah, just, just you just go splash of cran, and it gets a little coloring. You're like, oh, that's a good-looking drink. Um, obviously, the John Daly, for those of you that, you know, we still got it a month of summer. You got golf going down. Have, have some John Daly's at the turn. Have some more... Uh, when you get into the clubhouse, we we uh, we went and had a bunch of Tito sodas at the Granite Bay Golf Club. It's called uh, not Country Club. I guess to be a Country Club, you need you need tennis and swim, so you can be a private club. But if you don't have the tennis and swim, you just usually go by the golf club. Okay. And so we went in uh, to get a bunch of Tito soda at Granite Bay Golf Club. And their snacks guy, like, you know, sometimes you go in somewhere, especially a clubhouse. So a lot of them have like popcorn. A lot of the private clubs have like a little, like maybe some Cheez-Its or whatever. This had a line of like started with popcorn, then went M&M's, peanut M&M's, Reese's Pieces. I mean, this thing went on for like 17 different options. And me and my brother, fat guys at heart, and we just loaded up trays and just scarfed it down with our Tito's and sodas. God, that sounds good. 
Yeah. Just did the the natural, you know, a lot of people do this when they go to the movies, just put a huge thing of popcorn and then you just went to the peanut M&M thing and just start dumping it in and just kind of went like this and just they're all over the place. And it, then I even went to the Reese's Pieces, you know, the little ones and poured those in as well. I, I mean, it's just, it was my version of Chex Mix uh, or not Chex Mix, but uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the mix called? It's supposed Trail to be mix? healthy. Trail Mix. Yeah. yeah. I think the move, the move I, I discovered years ago where somebody told me, Popcorn at the movies, a lot of butter, and then you dump the peanut butter M and M's in the popcorn and shake it up. Yeah, is Trail Mix healthy if it has if all you do is eat the majority of the M and M's? Chocolate <laughs> less healthy, and just peanuts only peanuts, like no almonds, no cashews, just peanuts less healthy. Yeah, you know the cheapest one is the peanuts and the M and M's. Anyway, yes, his last name is beverage. Tito's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, uh, crafted to be savored responsibly. And again, we love when you send us. Um, Photos. DM us on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever. Uh, our emails, I think, are both publicly available on our Twitter pages. I think mine is still there. These are names. Photos. Yeah. You can just send us photos of uh, you and Joanna Tito's. We appreciate that. That helps. We appreciate Tito supporting us. We appreciate you supporting us by sharing with us how you enjoy your Tito's because Tito's likes that. So, yeah. Kyle uh, likes Tito's just with Blueberry Red Bull. With blueberry Red Bull. Yeah. That's what we told Kawakami. Drewish on the stream. Remember this one? Tito's on the rocks. Little crystal light powder. Never had that, but that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Where do we want to start today? I mean, we got the Sean news break. We just went to Niners practice. I guess we should probably start there. Um, but I'm, just, I'm kind of just Sean out, but it's it is yeah. Anytime it is. I've I, you know driving down to Niners practice the last few days, you look for podcasts to listen to, and if it starts with like breaking down to Sean, that is an immediate pass for me. I don't know. I'm out. Also, breaking down the Dolphins, that's another one. I'm like, that deserves the punishment, deserves eight seconds, unless we're laughing about it. Now, did they just lose out on the replacement for Tua? Like, that kind of interests me because they lost, they had two ones. And, you know, are they going to be bad enough to draft Tua's replacement? Are they even going to want to? This year's class with Stroud and Bryce Young being, you know, being at the top of the draft, they may not go one two because the linebacker from Alabama might go depending on who's drafting. But it feels like those two guys are going to be gone by the top three. Right? Levis, a lot of hype on Levis. We'll see. Stanford kid, Virginia kid. There's quarterback year. Oh, Tanner McKee, yeah. It's quarterback year. Yeah. North Dakota State probably is another guy. Uh, Carlo on the stream, prediction on the Niners starting O-line. I mean, it's starting to look like it's pretty – I don't want to say settled, but it's looking like it's 71, John. Yeah. Trent Williams at the left. I think left he's entrenched, card. yeah. Banks, are you feeling entrenched? I mean, I feel like he's just going to get the shot. If you told me it doesn't go well, like he's not on scholarship there, but I, I think this is where, you know, guys that have been in the league would just tell you people claim that draft status doesn't matter, right? Like, it doesn't matter where you start. Well, it kind of does. Like, is, is Banks getting a shot? Like, if Aaron Banks was the seventh round pick, not the second round pick, is he just consistently repping at the ones i don't know it, it's today was definitely hard to tell i mean they were in shorts and a t-shirt just with a jersey over it but i've seen a couple of times that make me a little nervous but i i have no problem force feeding him there but you know you have the ability to pivot just because like the backup if your starter is average to below the backup is no different usually right that where the starter is huge like there's a gap is when you get 
even like a McGlinchey, right? A, a functional starter at right tackle or an above average guy. The gap between him and the backup is probably like one out of 10 is like three or four notches where if the guy's just a low level starter, then him and the backup are basically a coin flip. We've learned that with Brunskill over the years, right? Like I'd be like this guy from the AAF and then you see him, you're like, yeah, he's just a functional player. Right. And, and, and at this point it's shaping up like he's going to be the backup center swing guard, right? It looks like Jake Brendel has the inside track at center. I mean, we haven't played a, a preseason game yet and Jack Buford, like it seems to me, if you're looking for something to watch during their preseason games, we don't know exactly who will be playing what, but I think that'll be probably one of the bigger like beat writer, the, the, the fans that get in the nitty gritty of the of- offensive line play like Jack Buford, uh, Burford, sorry, is going to be one of the, the bigger stories because right now he is getting first team reps with them at right guard, the fourth round pick out of UTSA and then obviously McClinchy at right tackle. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. The, the the thing, I mean, Jack uh, Jake Brendel's played what th- started what three games at center something like that. Obviously, Burford is a is a rookie. I heard Mayoko say, uh, I heard uh, uh, Barrow say that of this all the second rounders in last year's draft, only one player played fewer snaps than Aaron Banks, who played five. Who was it? Kyle Trask. Who was just a backup quarterback to play zero snaps, right? The Bucks weren't drafting him. So you're play. saying that basically every second round pick played at one I'm, point. I'm time. saying every, not basically. I'm saying every second round pick played more snaps than Aaron Banks, except for the guy who was drafted to be a third court. Like they didn't even draft Kyle Trask to be Tom Brady's backup last yeah, year. Yeah, Gabber was. Yeah. So that's. That's how much Aaron Banks played last year. Five I, you know, again, a little nitty gritty because even just your average like diehard football guy is not concerned with like the Niners guards and centers. I do think just because we spend so much time and rightfully so, we're not going to talk much about guards and centers. Like shit, that bored me when I worked in the NFL, and you and I would be out of business if we did it. But just from a big picture football draft status, which I think everyone's always intrigued by, if you just say draft round. There is pressure on Aaron Banks to just be like a couple year starter. When I draft the guy in the second round, yeah. you know, it's one thing if he was a fifth rounder, it's like, you know, it turned out he wasn't good enough, whatever. Burford, if it in a couple years, like, whatever. I got no problem taking Spencer swings. Burford. I called him Jack Spencer. Luckily, no one watching this knows either. Uh, but to me, Banks, like, if, if not only, it's one thing just to earn the starting spot, which I think, is he really earning it or is he just, you know, he's kind of just getting it? If he can't hold on to it, you and I talked about this, I think, on Tuesday's show after the practice. Like, that's a that's a huge whiff because especially this team, right? They just, for the next several years, including that draft, like, they only have so many bullets in the gun drafting in the top 100. You know, they don't have, I mean, Miami has their first round pick coming up. So remember how big of a, like, part of the reason I'm excited about Drake Jackson is like, that was a huge pick for them. That was the first pick of the night. I'd pick whatever. I mean, shit, they were the NFC Championship game, so it was the end of the second round. And it's why I, I'm i hyping them up because I think, like, you should not be able to get a potential talent like that at the end of the second round. Like, I wouldn't have blamed them. It's like, you know, just we didn't have great options. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, <laughs> like, you didn't have a first-round pick. There's no wheeling and dealing to be done. But with Banks, shit, I mean – there's just there's just pressure on that kid to be good. There, there just is. And, and I think part of the thing that was a little weird is you and I are at practice today and we're standing next to Jake Brendel, the potential starting safe uh, center. And he's not very big. 
I remember standing next to Alex Mack last year. And again, I mean, Mack at one point in time, first round pick, blue chipper from Cal, several time pro bowler. He was a big dude. Remember a couple times last year, you stand next to him. He's all sweaty ass. He's just, He's a big motherfucker. I, I saw him at Pac-12 Media Day last week, John. I'm like, I saw him from afar. I don't know exactly what, but his, like, he's got like a a keg for an upper body chest. <laughs> Mac, Ma- yeah, Alex Mac. It's crazy. Like you walk Seeing by Mac like a golf shirt. If you walk by Mac, you didn't know who the hell he was at just a burger joint, and someone's like, "That guy plays NFL." You don't even hesitate to be like, "Hell yeah, that guy plays in the NFL." Right? <laughs> yeah. You and I were talking like Brendel. Jake Brendel, Brendel, Brendel is Brendel. Brendel. He's he's small now. I, and I told you, like in this scheme, and, and Kelsey has done it for a long time. Kelsey is not a very big guy either. You can get away with quicks and great athleticism, but Mac, who was, I mean, they, the last literally the last year of his career, they do not look close to the same. I mean, they just don't. So it's just they they're, they're downgrading in terms of size greatly. He's small. I, I would experience. Just, I would guess just on the eye test, there can't be many smaller centers in the NFL. Would you agree? Just looking at him. Um, they always you always give yourself an extra inch. And, six four. So even if he's six three, you know he spreads out the two ninety nine well. So he says two ninety nine. He might weigh two eighty eight. Two eighty eight. What do you think Mac was doing? Is he is he working for somebody? You know they have like alumni meetings. Usually Uh-oh. he might be on an alumni council. I think he is. So they have those guys. Maybe that's what it was. I'm not exactly sure, but anyway. Um... I almost said coming to see Sonny Dykes, and I realized Sonny's been gone for a while. John, here's a question on the stream. Sonny Dykes at TCU now. I know. He's been multiple other places since he left the Burke. He's he was Danny Gray's coach. It was pretty clear, like it was a bad fit. But I would have said, like, is this guy like he's he's had a lot of success. (laughs) (laughs) All right. YouTube question from Joe Sue. Brandon and I, you got that dog in him? All I see is Devontae Adams. Oof, 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 oof. So the question is, are we here to stop? the Brandon Ayuk hype, or are we here to add to it? Um, I think you and I both subscribe to the theory that when everybody else zigs, you should zag. But zigging right now when it comes to Brandon Ayuk means not saying he looks great because he is everybody's sleeper candidate for a breakout player. And we've been to practice three days in a row. Every day he looks fantastic. I think he's the standout player. People have said Trevarius Ward is the best-looking player. He didn't practice Tuesday. Nick Bosa is the best-looking player. Um, we could debate it, but there is no question that Brandon Ayuk is in that conversation, and that's what it looked like again on Wednesday. Jimmy Ward, after practice, said, quote, he's having the best camp out of everybody on the team, well, besides Bosa. B.A. has taken his game to another level. It's crazy, honestly. It's funny. Bosa just gets put in like the uh, like the Tiger Woods, LeBron category. It's like, yeah, he's just the best guy. But but non, you know how we do like non quarterback, you know, non Nick Bosa, and even Trent Williams. <laughs> like it's it's a unique team that way. I, the one thing I would say, and I, I know you, and I'm not, I, and I'm not saying I don't like him as much as you, but I th- there's the excitement out there is enormous. 
Debo is an elite player. And, and practice for every player is not the same. Brandon, like, if you just if you didn't know Trent Williams was the best left tackle, you wouldn't really notice him beside his size at practice. Right. And even at moments now, like, they're, they're clearly, I think, putting Kittle on a little different of a plan because he's practiced so hard over the years. Like, you wouldn't know that, like, yeah, they have one of the best tight ends in the league, too. Ayuk is practicing like Kittle would have three years ago. And part of it is he works all over the field. He goes deep. It really stands out. Like, to me, Debo had two moments yesterday, the play with Jimmy when he hit him and another deep bomb, where it's like, I know he's elite. Like, I've seen it. He's one of the best players in the league. And I'm not trying to diminish Ayuk, but I think Ayuk's like, is Ayuk the best? It's like people are just kind of saying this. Well, Debo is not, like, he ain't going to break Al Shire's tackle in practice. You know, so it's it's hard to truly quantify. And I'd even say George a little like that, too. Like, yeah. at any moment, George could have an eight-catch, 140-yard, three-touchdown game, right? Now, I do think, Brandon, one thing that's really standing out is his skill set. Like, when you can do that, you and I saw Amari Cooper's career from the jump. And I think it's pretty clear he's probably underachieved overall but he underachieved relative to who, you know, like the rest of the league, he's been dramatically better than what do you think? 95% of wide receivers over his career. Like he's cause his floor, when, when you can run routes and you just are that talented, your floor is so high. And it's like Amari, like pissed the Cowboys off. You look at like 90 catches, seven touchdowns, or whatever last year, or whatever it was. I mean, missed some games. I think it was like 70 catches. Cause he missed three or four games with the COVID, but he just, you watch him, you go, yeah, he's, he's he can at any moment, Five catches and a half, right? And to me, Ayuk is just completely raising his floor. Because we saw over his two-year career, even through the doghouse and his rookie year, we've definitely seen some moments where like, holy shit, this guy. I mean, he's had walk-off touchdowns in the NFL. He's had enormous moments and enormous games. Now it's just like, is every game, are you getting a floor of a guy that you close your eyes and you're getting 75, 1,006 just minimum to start? Because that's what – and that's – that's his first step. Like ultimately, Devontae, before he came Devontae, he just rose his floor so high. And then once you get, you just keep rising it. And then you, and then if your quarterback's good, you can hit a ceiling, you know? And part of what he's going to have going for him, and this really speaks to what's crazy about what you would say Devontae the last couple of years, like who are they, who else were the DBs worried about? Like you, when you have Debo, it's not like, well, let's say Ayuk's going off move Jalen Ramsey on Ayuk, then who's covering Debo? That That is the benefit of having two sweet dudes. But I, I think in the, all this hype, and he's earned it because he's killing it. When we talked about him yesterday in the fight, we hadn't seen his quote yet to Mooch on the fight w- about how the reason they fought, not because Fred was annoying him or whatever, at least according to him, it was simply because we were getting punked for a little while on defense. The defense was punking us for a couple days. And like we talked about him being the alpha, he didn't admit to being the alpha, but he's like, I had to fucking basically like I had to do something like we something had to change and I had to get it going for us. And it makes a little sense now, right? Because when Fred lit him up, it was just like these guys are demolishing their offense from the passing standpoint. And I I, that was sweet. That was a sweet quote. Now, I don't know. He just posted something on Instagram like. Has Fred been treating him like a rookie? Who knows? There might be more to it. I, I think it's fair to say the way he attacked Fred, there's a little more to it than just like we were getting shoved around. Like Fred might have been annoying the shit out of him for two weeks. 
Well, and he and he Fred, by the way, doesn't want to back down. The first snap of eleven on eleven, it started with Fred Warner just yapping. Yeah. But ultimately, like, could this guy have a career where could he be a true one one day? I, I if you when you give a shit, and it surely looks like he does, and you have the talent. I one thing I've learned, you you never you never put like anchors on people. You never put limits on people in terms of a scout or projecting players. Cause when you do and you can't like members like how good Clay's going to be, well, he's addicted to basketball. He's going to be a superstar, right? Like looking back, remember, because, because you didn't quite understand how much it meant to him and just watching how much it kind of feels like it means to him again, just now he's only third year in and this is the first year where he's kind of breaking out. It feels like you never truly know. Right, you got it because sustaining that love is like you just takes time. Uh, is I don't blame anyone for being bullish, but I, I do think we're kind of overlooking how unreal nineteen is. You're one hundred percent right. Debo's game translates better to games than to practice, whereas Ayuk's I think goes both ways. But if you make spectacular catches and you get open down the field, then you're gonna look. You're just gonna make more plays in practice. Doesn't mean you look better, but. Um, I think if Ayuk was six, was two inches taller, you'd have no reservations about saying this is this can be wide receiver one, right? That's the only thing I think now in his game because he's fast enough, right? I think his play speed's fantastic, yeah, yeah, and he's tough. He goes over the middle. I think the thing that's really stood out watching ball skills are elite. His ball skills that is the thing. He can get open, but he consistently is making contested catches and catches where if he was two inches taller, maybe he wouldn't have to go as high to get them. I think it's clear that there was some trust with Trey that Trey thinks I can put it up there. Not quite like, you know, like Montana to Dwight, like I'm going to throw it only where Dwight can catch it or it's going out of the back of the end zone. I think Trey throws some balls that it's just like it's up there. Either Brandon's catching it or no one's catching it. Irony is if you do it over the middle of the field, it doesn't quite work that way. But Ayuk makes those plays. Ayuk consistently, three or four times a practice, is making catches where he has to climb the ladder, go up and get it with his fingertips, still bring it down with a defender right there. And those situations in a practice feel the most like things that happen in a game. Whereas Debo's practice situations are not anywhere close to what happens in a game. But I do wonder if Brandon Ayuk's skills will benefit more from Trey Lance than Debo's will. Not that Debo won't be the same guy, but is there any part of Debo's game that hasn't been utilized with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, do you want to get on the ball in space more? Yeah, but he's really not a down down the sideline, over-the-shoulder defender right there, pass catcher. Whereas IU can do a lot of that stuff and hasn't. we haven't really seen it. So I think he stands to have a little bit more of a jump just because Trey's skills benefit him in a way um, you know, Jimmy just didn't, he does stuff that Jimmy didn't do that really falls into Ayuk's kind of skill set. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I I think I am so excited to watch this offense. Now, I think that's the, the area that puts going to put tr- a, an immense amount of pressure on the quarterback because we're all like, well, I know you're inheriting a superstar wide receiver. You got this other guy that everyone would bet the house on being sweet in eleven. And we know how good Kittle is, and you got use check, and I just know you, you could you could Orlando Gary or to Orlandis 
Orlandis, Gary to uh, Mike uh, Anderson. Mike Anderson <laughs> wasn't Mike Anderson in the military. Yeah, to Elijah Mitchell. Like I, I, you, we, you have nothing but faith in the 49ers running back. So it's like when the only question is like the left guard. It is. I, I would say it's a better situation than Patrick Mahomes inherited because. I think there were still questions on some of his tackles, Eric Fisher. Right? Maybe they had just signed Jeff's brother, Mitchell. I mean, that was a pretty good situation too, but this is, I mean, it, just doesn't, it doesn't get much better. Tyreek, you know, it's still pretty early in Tyreek. I feel like Tyreek became Tyreek with Mahomes, but maybe I'm underestimating it. He definitely had some moments with Alex, but man, this is, it doesn't get much better guy. Part of some of the great Harbaugh teams, what would they have done for these wide receivers? Remember, it was like Crabtree and like Randy Moss. It was like Ted Ginn. They, the receivers were not very good. This Vernon Jennings and yeah, Vernon Davis, who was a, true, but the Niners, but they they have kid like the, they have a tight end too. You know, the receivers, like those two wide receivers. Yeah, like, Cra- Crabtree wasn't as good with the Niners to me as even IU can be. Like I use just quicker, and I, you and I are Michael Crabtree guys. Like the Crabtree that we saw in Oakland turned out like this guy was a very, very good player, but he was slower. Came back, and, he had the Achilles injury. Remember, true, and he was never that fast. Remember, refused yeah. to run before the combine. Uh, Michael, multiple people on the stream have asked, "How is Danny Gray progressing?" You know, we thought he had a good day yesterday. Um, didn't do as much today. Juwan Jennings is not. I, to be honest, has not – I wouldn't say he's been great. I don't know if it's been bad necessarily. It's so hard to know sometimes in practice given all the different responsibilities. But if we're judging it just on drops or catches, had a couple drops today, I don't know if you would call – there was a ball on a fade. I wouldn't call that a drop, right? It was a, a very difficult play. I'm not. Is that the one that, that Ambry picked off? No, I am counting that. There was a ball on a fade that kind of hit his hands, but it was too high. But there was a 50-50 ball that Ambry Thomas took away from him. Do you think it looks, when you're next to those two guys, and Ayuk's having the camp of all camps, and Debo's just a stud, that every drop feels like two drops when you're the third guy? Or it would feel bad if it was just a normal normal guys? Because I do think it stands out a little bit when you're kind of judged against those other guys. I think it stands out with Juwan Jennings just because the whole offseason we've spent in Sharpie being like clear number three wide receiver. And he earned it, right? He did, I mean, yeah. How, how he finished he last year, like you and I went to OTAs. He looks sweet. Difficult situations, yeah. He had a drop yesterday on a deep ball, had a drop in like the, the drill where you run, you know, where the you turn your back to the pass thrower, you turn around, you run at him, do that thing. He and Danny Gray actually had back-to-back drops in that drill. Um, So I don't think it's been great from that perspective, but – he did cut his teeth in in really difficult situations. But I, I thought some concentration, a couple concentration drops, and then you got to give – we do have to give DB's credit, right? Ambry Thomas on a 50-50 ball. He made the play. Um, One of those and you gave rip it out of his hands. Was and you, you gave Emmanuel Mosley credit on a deep ball that Trey Lance threw today to Debo – kind of – Debo's going down the left sideline, and Trey puts it over his backside shoulder – and somehow Emmanuel got in there and knocked it away. He he just timed it perfectly right 
it was a great pass by Trey in terms of the location, right? Like down the sideline on his shoulder on the sideline side, that way to his hands, right as it was hitting Debo's hands, Ambry came through with the swipe or not Ambry, but Mosley came through with the swipe on one of his hands. You come through with a, a hammer swipe, you know, DBs I, get credit. Yes. A lot of times they take a lot of credit for shit. They had nothing to do with. I give him credit there. Oh, that's, what? that's Richard Sherman, man. He's, if you ever wanted to be a DM and get out of Amazon, he he's been all over that guy for years. Like that's Manuel Mosley. Yes, guy. I don't care an undrafted free agent corner who starts on an elite defense. Like that's, that's I would say there's might play a lot of press man. That is not normal, right? Like part of the reason they didn't get to do the stuff they wanted to do last year defensively is because he he wasn't around as much. He got banged up. Yeah. Uh, one other Danny Gray note. I forgot about this. I don't know. I don't think we were standing together at the time. They were doing this drill where the receiver runs to the sideline and tries to drag his toe, keep both feet in bounds. And Danny Gray didn't get both feet down on a play where it shouldn't have been that difficult to get both feet down. He didn't drag his back foot. I thought he had enough time, easy for me to say, but I thought he had enough time just to get the foot down. But he didn't try to drag it, stepped out. There's a referee right there who's doing this. Um, you know, that's... I would say disappointing. That's a transition for a college player where you only have to get one foot down to an NFL player. So that's just one. We're talking, you know, a few times people have said this, you guys are nitpicking, Trey specifically, but we're talking about one play out of many snaps early in camp, but that is what we're observing. We're just telling you what we observe, and that was his shot in that drill to get two feet down, and he didn't do it. So what do you think happens at practice? With their coaches and the execs, you nitpick practice. Like, what the fuck? What do we well, think don't worry, fellas. Not nitpickers. They're doing One thing this. I for learned from Saban. No nitpicking. You think they're doing this for shits and giggles? Like, what's the, what's the point of all this, guys? We're just every and every day changes. Like, you should improve. You should That's get right. better. Do the drill you know? again. I mean, it's yeah, Friday. Part of like, I, I actually, I'm pretty bullish on Danny Gray. I like he's playing this year. He is going to. I don't know if he's going to be a 30 catch guy. It might be 14, but he's. He will get catches when the season ends. Yeah. He will score. Danny Gray will score a touchdown for the 49ers. That'd be, that's my prediction. I don't know how many, but I think he's got a minimum one. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis easily find high quality meat and seafood you can trust 100 percent grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping butcherbox is offering you Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between 
It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So there was a situation yesterday. And I actually have the video of it. I didn't, it's so far away, it's not worth showing. But I was telling you about it where the Niners were doing, um, the where the quarterbacks were throwing to the receivers. One group of receivers on one side, one group on the other side, two quarterbacks. Quarterback on the right, throws to the right. Quarterback on the left, throws to the left, right? Well, they had Debo and Ayuk split out. Ayuk left, Debo right. Trey Lance was on the left. He was going to throw to Ayuk. Uh, Sudfeld was on the right. He was going to throw to Debo. Looking at at Ayuk, Trey Lance is saying something to Ayuk about whatever the route's going to be. He looks, he looks to the right. He sees Debo. He grabs Sudfeld and moves Sudfeld over to his left so that they switch. He switched spots with Sudfeld so that he could throw to Debo. And I do wonder if Trey Lance knows that him and Debo just he's had plenty of reps with Ayuk. He needs more time with Debo. And then today they had another teaching moment. Deep ball. It, the ball goes down the sideline. Debo broke it off. Who who did the wrong thing? I mean, shit, I don't have the play, but I'd assume the way Debo acted is that traded. And that's part of this is what we talked about last year with going with Jimmy. And it worked out because they ended up getting to the playoffs. But this is where it would have been a disaster if they had lost that Rams game and missed the playoffs and not have had those extra three weeks. Because those are type reps. What is the NFL, right? It's not just audibles at the line of scrimmage. It's audibling as the play's going. Like the options in a route based on the coverage. Well, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady didn't just know that when they showed up or their first start. You learned that over time. And Debo clearly went to him and did one of those classic coach things like, 
hey, man, when the safety cheats, it might just be when he's two yards inside the the numbers, I'm always going to go the deep out, not the post. You you just throw it at the sideline. That's where I'm going to go. Isn't that what every football nerd, when Peyton and Reggie Wayne talked or Tom Brady and Edelman talked, it's about – remember last year there was the viral video of Kelsey Hill and Mahomes in the playoff game where Kelsey's like, looks at Tyreek, he's like, go behind me. Remember on the 13 seconds on the second play, and it was like, these guys are like Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And, and how would they not be? They've been playing together for so long. He saw something. Kelsey's like, go this way. And boom, they got that extra 20 yards, and they butt kicker kicked the field goal. And But does that happen if they're in their first year of playing? Probably not, right? And, and that's just part of football. And to me, that's going to be part of – like that's going to happen a lot this year. You and I were talking before we hopped on. I think some of his intercept, like a lot of Jimmy picks happen on like low, slow ball, like was way slow and the ball came out late on like an out and it was like a pick six or, you know, it's like, oh my God. I think Trey is going to have more and like Mahomes and Allen have these early in their career. The deep shots that just like Stafford had a couple of them early last year. Where he remember he led it to Odell Beckham when they first played the Niners and it just hit Mosley. Forced like, it to Odell Beckham. Yeah, but he but he got it like a Willie Mays catch. Yeah. He's gonna have some Willie Mays picks 40 yards down the field. Like that, that's a lock to happen. Because when you're pushing the ball down the field, which is gonna be his number one attribute to me as a passer, and we we've talked about this all week going deep, he's gonna get fooled by some coverages. And you saw that happen today, it, which is one hundred percent understandable. And you just got to learn through it. And hopefully it happens right when you're up 21 to seven and not when you're down 17, 13 in the fourth quarter driving against the Rams. Right. And I think Kyle will probably, I think the first couple games, and this is where we talked about like the number one thing when the schedule released was like, who are their first couple games against? Is it like the Rams? Is it, you know, is it the Bucks or the Packer or whoever their toughest opponents were? Is it the Chiefs? It was the Bears. Even the Cardinals' like, defense, even though he's played them. Yeah, that would have been a tough game. And, and Seattle, who we think is going to be terrible. It's like, okay, he kind of gets to – if you told me he's got like three picks through a couple games and they win both of them, I actually think that would be a very healthy thing. And even I, – I saw Kyle, I think, quoted early on in this, like maybe before we were going to practice when they were in shorts and T-shirts, like last week. Like if shit doesn't go wrong, you know, when there are some struggles, you know, when he's like 9 of 12, 9 of 24 – like what? What? Am, what's my? Like I need. I want this to go along. That's. I'm a coach. Like that's. Right. We're working through stuff. But some of the stuff that's going to happen in the games that you don't. I mean, these defensive coordinators get paid two to four million dollars in the NFL for a reason. Some of them are really good, right? And some of these defensive players, you know, the hell, some of them are in the Niners division, right? The the, the not the the. I guess Honey Badger. I don't even know where he's at, but. They're just going to place these safeties and, and linebackers. You, that could just, you say Buda Baker? Yeah, Buda for sure. I was trying to think of the guys on the Rams, but I don't know. Is even Weddle know. back? Uh, now he usually comes back like I think January back 1st, 2025. <laughs> uh, Taylor Rapp. Who you might want to throw after. Yeah. Um, Jordan Fuller. I I just think that like, be prepared for him to get fooled, which is be prepared for any, what, that's a young quarterback. That's part of this. I'm just, I, I'm already prepared for it. I'm ready to live through it. 
is Kyle. Yeah, yes, he is. He's about to do it. He's doing it. It's happening. It's going to happen. Yeah. Because I started thinking this morning when he said we got to start the season fast, be aggressive, that kind of stuff. What what does that really mean you think to him? When Kyle Shanahan says we got to start the season fast, we got to be aggressive. We don't want to be racing at the end of the year to make the playoffs. Like what does that actually mean? What what actions does he take as a reflection of that attitude? Physically dominating early on in the season. But he already does that. That's already his thing. He already wants to run the ball. But remember last year, they throw a lot on first down. Is he going to throw deep on first down a lot? But do you remember last year? They, I I think part of it was like open with the Lions game. Lions came back. The Eagles game was actually probably a little too close for with a quarterback that couldn't throw Jalen at the time. It was just they started 2 0, but. It was a little bit of weird 2-0 for a good team, right? And then it manifested itself the next several weeks. They started losing all those games to good teams because they couldn't win in the margins. Like, I, I think he wants yeah. to, like, when we play the Bears, I want to win 33-3, to right? I, I want to just impose our will. And if that's running for 250 yards, but I think it's the way they play. Like, never letting up, pedal the metal. I hear what you're saying about bombs, but it'll be interesting to see him implement just, like, and be cool with double thumbs up bombs, non schemed. Like I have a play action hit, you know, just like, are we running multiple go routes with Debo and Danny gray and, or Ayuk on the outside, but where do like young quarterbacks interceptions or mistakes? I feel like young quarterbacks mistakes come from, you remember watching young Baker. I know you do. He didn't realize that he wasn't, he couldn't run away from people in the NFL. And I wonder if some of those picks are going to be – it'll probably be a variation of all this stuff, what you're talking about, like the one he threw on Tuesday in the red zone where he just didn't get – or Monday in the red zone, he just didn't get to use check coming across the goal line in time, and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking across his body late. Ward picks him off. Wouldn't you rather have a guy that's cool with – and this is probably a positive on Trey. He kind of feels his way out at first before he like even he feels a little more confident running. Just watched him for, for through a couple of days. Again, practice not the same as a game. The Baker's a good example, but I even go back to Johnny Manziel, who is an athletic guy that's like I just run around, and he took off like Baker's like Baker, you are a pocket quarterback. What are you doing? Johnny at least was a scrambler, and he I remember him playing Keekly on like a Thursday night game, and Keekly caught him within two steps. Like Johnny, what the fuck are you doing? Where I, I think Trey would be less inclined to like think he can outrun a guy, like he would just maybe stop and throw, right? And who knows? I, th- that's another thing. Like as a scrambler, how's he going to play? Because this goes back to Russell and Deshaun, who I've said scramble to throw. Will Trey scramble to throw and then throw deep? Because that that's also like a Mahomes Allen characteristic, right? And Watson and Russell, they scramble, keep play alive. And they do this, you know. They say go that way or or across. I'm gonna yeah. throw back. That's a that's a Derek thing. Come back. That's an all time quarterback thing. You just yeah. Start pointing. So I look. I think I think um, you know. We talked the other day about how much will he play in the preseason. I don't think that those reps are going to be critical. But um, time with Debo, I think, is important for him. For Trey. I agree. We watched Jimmy Garoppolo throw on the field today. Weren't allowed to video it, although fans did. Somebody sent me, here's video. 
do you want this video of uh, Jimmy? And um, it's actually the the stands. The fans sometimes have better views because they're a little higher. You can get like you never want to sit in the first row in an NFL game behind the bench. You want no, it's you the opposite of the NBA, isn't it? Yeah, in baseball, you want to be up a little bit. Hockey, I like personally being on the glass. That's kind of my thing. I like to yeah. be on the glass. But um, like the cat's view into your guys' backyard, into your guys' uh, right. house. That's <laughs> exactly right. So, John, look at the look at this. This is from the reports. Uh, you know, Roto World. The Athletic uh, Steelers reporter reports that uh, Mitch Trubisky quote hasn't hasn't really been sharp while getting first team reps. They have a drill uh, called the seven shots drill, which involves the offense and defense facing off from the two yard line. Trubisky is O for his last 16 in the drill and has uh, connected on three of 20 reps throughout of all camp. He's struggling in other areas as well, going over for four with an interception Tuesday and back to back overthrows. He still appears well ahead of Kenny Pickett on the depth chart. That's because Kenny Pickett's third on the depth chart, their first-round pick. And uh, Mason Rudolph said before Tuesday's practice, ominously, that he expects to get some first-team reps soon. The Steelers seem like they could use Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you've been saying that. Uh, I, I guess it's probably not crazy. Um, I, I think the 49ers made a mistake. Like like those guys, it's not the PR guy's call. It ultimately starts with John and Kyle. When we walked out to practice today and Jimmy was on the practice field throwing, to me, the 100% move would have been, and maybe, again, I don't know if John and Kyle are even consumed with it, but I would have wanted the video out today of him playing. You know why? He looked exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he looks 100% fine. He just looks like Jimmy Garoppolo last year in week five or week eight. He's just Jimmy Garoppolo. That's him. He's healthy. He's running around. Tans on point. Hair looks good. Arm looks completely normal. I would want that out going viral on the NFL. Even Lombardi came up to me. He's like, "What well, you put this, if everyone tweeted this out right now, that's, that is a good thing for the 49ers. How many teams, I, I look at Cam Inman and Mayoko, there's, there's an NFL team. There's 32 of them. One, thir, the, thir, the 49ers are practicing. And one of the 31 NFL quarterbacks is in the corner playing catch. That is happening at no other places in the NFL. You would want that out. I get it if he was like limping around or whatever. Is that the practice? Yeah, they, they do have a good view. It's just uh, yeah, sent to me from the stands. Because here's what happens during training camp. You practice for, from the stands. That's you practice, especially play. before the preseason games start. You practice for t- if I'm the general manager or I'm the personnel guy. You practice for a couple hours. If your team's relatively healthy, you watch practice tape. You eat, you know, every meal. Uh, but like, what else are you doing? Like, if you're the GM or the director of player personnel, until the preseason game start and you're like evaluating random players, there's not that going on. So if this happened, you would be like, you know, our quarterbacks are struggling. We need to do another deep dive. This guy looks healthy. And I would call these guys like, can we facilitate something? Will he cut his salary down to $10 million? Maybe we'll throw Mitch in. You can get him. Hell, maybe we'll keep Mitch. Who cares? Right? And cut Mason Rudolph and have three quarterbacks. Regardless, Mr. Bisky is nowhere near as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. 
So if Kenny Pickett is not ready, which clearly he's not, right? Like Trey Lance last year is immediately starting with the twos. Mac Jones repping with the ones. Like Also, say what you want about Jimmy. It was Jimmy that kept Trey Lance on the bench. This is Mitchell Trubisky keep and Mason Rudolph putting Kenny Pickett third on the depth chart. And the difference to me with Seattle and these guys is Pittsburgh is not trying to not make the playoffs, right? Not only are they trying to make the playoffs, they go non-quarterback. We're a top. 7-8 team in the league. With Ben Roethlisberger, who people thought three, four years ago was done, they won nine games. They won 12 games. Two, they won their di- they won their division two years ago. Well, the Steelers and the Niners are the same. You give either one Justin Herbert, they're winning 14, 15 games. Right? They, they just yeah. are. <laughs> I, think this, I think the Steelers would kick ass. They, Steelers defense is elite. They couldn't throw it past like two yards last year. And they got Najee Harris, who's banged up. But they always find running backs. I'm with you. I, I like I like that potential destination. I think that's I think the names that we have said over and over is not whenever the dust settles, however it goes down, is not where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up. And I think that happens a little more often than people realize in sports. People just get dead set, like this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, and then it doesn't happen. And it's like, wow, he went where? Like it's like Jimmy Garoppolo's on the Philadelphia Eagles. Right or Jimmy Garoppolo, because because you know what? What do winning teams want to do? They want to win. If you're Seattle, you're like you know. If we were really cool, we'd just resetting this, maybe we'll just roll with these two guys. Suck whatever. Sounds like Geno's going to be their quarterback. Pittsburgh is not cool with a Geno or a Mason Rudolph type season. They're just Wouldn't not. Think. No. Well, they're too, your team's too good, right? Trubisky. That that was the best. I mean, they had an all a whole off season to get rid. Well, guy, I, I said it. When the draft happened, I, I thought taking Kenny Pickett was an egregious error. And I know Mike said that they felt even more comfortable because technically, like, you know, Pittsburgh, he knows where the bathroom is. Yeah, he like plays in the building. I Not quite the same because he did have an incredible season, but so did Solomon Thomas. I do wonder if you get a little too close sometimes. Aren't you better off like just independently, like every GM, not knowing the player until you get to know the player in the process? Like, isn't that proven to be the healthiest way? <laughs> you know, when you because again, if you're a high character good guy, how are you not gonna like the guy? You're going to. It's what I learned very early in scouting. Do not do the character report before you watch the tape, mm-hmm. because when it's a great guy, you're gonna root for him, and when it's a shithead, you're gonna root against him. And that shouldn't impact the player. Then once we get the player, we figure out that stuff. But when you know the person first, you know, it's just, it's hard to overlook it. Like I, I got Jake Hayner in the second round. You know, I just do. Exactly. You know, but it's. It, Don't it, ask it, us. We love them. How many times have you met a guy that you just like, I really like this guy. And you just beyond actively root for him it happens and you and i are lucky enough like i i I met you you spent way more time with this guy but one time when bob melvin said that he listened to our show i have act like there you couldn't pay me to root against bob melvin now he's got Juan soto i'm rooting for them to win the world series steven vote like you just meet certain people he's just like it's it's human nature. It's like, well, middle cough, why are you always standing up for your guy, Matt Nagy? I don't know. I've known him 12 years. I can text him, consider him a friend. I mean, what, you think I'm supposed to root for him to lose every game just because you guys think he's the village idiot, you know? Yeah, is it going great? No. But am I going to admit it? No, not as openly as I will Brandon Staley. And if I knew <laughs> Brandon Staley, if, but, but here's the thing. 
if Brandon Staley would have grown up a family friend, I would be biased the way I talked. I would it'd be like, you know, I wouldn't go for it, but it's like this guy is smart. Fangio believed in him. Fangio hired this guy. Well, it takes time to learn, you know. You got to give a guy time, John, to figure it out. It's Mike Silver let the boat go hit the bottom of the ocean with Hugh Jackson. Probably doesn't regret it. Not at all. That's his buddy. Well, uh, Cleveland as a destination. I know you you actually made a good point before we started on on the show today about about why Cleveland shouldn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. The NFL is looking for an indefinite suspension. They have uh, appealed the ruling of a six-game suspension, and Adam Schefter says that Roger Goodell will determine who will hear the appeal. So the NFL wants at least a year. Jeff Darlington uh, just wrote this. I'm told the NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension. That would be a minimum of one year, but perhaps more significant given the structure of Watson's contract. It will also include a monetary fine. Money is now a significant part of the equation. So the NFL wants to suspend him for a year, and they want to find him. Fine him, not find him. Like you guys don't get to rig the situation when you screwed up. Because he hasn't lost a penny yet, right? Right. Because last year... Nothing happened. J- Judy Batista also just tweeted that, uh, according to Robinson report, the NFL argued Watson should be suspended for at least the entire 22 season. Uh, do you think part of this, Judy Batista reported, citing a source familiar with the appeal, that the league again is seeking a one-year suspension for Wa- Robinson or Watson? NFL Network Steve White reported Wednesday, like you said, could also seek a fine or player treatment. So they... To me, this is less about like they didn't want to have to get involved, but her suspension was so consistent with other ones that don't feel quite as egregious of what this guy's involved in. They don't really have a Same choice. Stephen Ross's. David Stephen Ross's. Yeah. Do you think the Stephen Ross suspension randomly came out during this Watson thing? Or just, How about the fact that they were, it was both going to expire at the same time? Is that accidental? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Just what was going to expire would be coming back. Like they both would have been back week seven. Not that anyone cares where Steve. I hear a lot of people say that. Do you think the NFL cares a lot about that? Like that's coward's big thing. Like what? they don't want like the, the league's humming and it's like Watson then comes back. You know, it's like the, everything's positive. And then it's, I actually think this Watson story in a weird way. People like don't even it's not as top of mind as it was six months ago. I'm not saying he, I think he should deserve to get a suspension, but let's just say the sixth game would have held the public. What is public outcry? And I'm, I'm part of the public outcry. I think it's a, egregious and ridiculous, but like what you've always said, like, what does that mean? Well, the, that's what the Browns, that's why the Browns traded for him. Cause it was, they just looked around at each other and went, Jimmy, do you have the stomach for this? Like Andrew Barry, do you have the stomach for this? Cause it's going to suck for like a year and a half. And people are going to say, how do you look at your daughter in the eye? And people are going to write you letters and somebody's going to tell you that they're canceling their season tickets. It's going to suck. But if he's really good in three years, you'll make more money than you did three years before you got him, and you'll win more games. Right now. I don't think with Ben, it's ever fully gone away, but look at what happened. I I think people called him rapeless burger till he retired. Kind of. But you see what happened on his last. I mean, he did. He like jogged around the stadium, high fiving people. Right, like you can. 
you can create your own bubble for yourself. I, I, I my, money. My, my, the difference, though, on that specific example, and I would throw Kobe in this too, they never left teams. They were, when it happened, they already had equity built up with the group. Let's just use those two guys as examples, right? They got in big trouble. It was just like, did something bad, really bad happen? But Kobe had been a Laker for whatever, seven years. When Ben happened, I think it was def- several years in his career. He'd already been to a Super Bowl, won one. You know, does he, the, the hard part is, this is like a hired gun that has no equity with the group. I, I think if Deshaun was going through this and he had been the consistent pro bowler and the star for the Browns, I think they would, he would get way more support locally. It's like, listen, we've seen this guy in the community. Everyone liked him. He's been going to children's hospitals. He's been nice to the kids. You know, I think it's hard when there's no equity in the group. But like even but, you I mean, see it with Jimmy, got- like, Jimmy came here, right, as not a mercenary. He was traded here, but he was not a 49er. And then you see him out there with the people. Like, he cannot walk by the fans and everyone starts screaming Jimmy and wants to high-five him. He means something to those people, right? Like, that's probably even a bad example because he's been on multiple teams. Debo's a better example, or Kittle. To that little kid that's 12 years old sitting five feet behind us, and I, I'm not these guys haven't been in any trouble, but my point is, like, to that kid, he's only been a 49er. All his equity is with this group, the jersey I'm wearing, all my friends, we love that guy. Watson, like, what the fuck's the difference between, like, Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper to Browns fans? Like, I've never even been here. But that's why you get $230 million guaranteed because you're banking. If we just win games in the end, athlete, if I win games – I will at least have a home somewhere. Maybe everyone else hates me, but I'll have a home somewhere. I Part of me does wonder. Does I feel like NFL, it might get weird. Well, could this be an all-time disaster move? Like when we, when you and I are like 45 John and we look back. Browns. Right? Remember when the Watson got traded to the Browns? What a disaster. This is like every, all the Derek Jeter doc before. We haven't, I haven't, you haven't. The doc hasn't gotten to the Red Sox actually breaking through and breaking the curse. But all these Red Sox-Yankee games where they're like, Derek, did you think the Red Sox were going to beat you? And he's like, the Red Sox? It's the Red Sox. No, they choke. That's what they do. Like the Browns. But at screw, least they make the playoffs. The Browns are like a joke. At the time. But the Browns screw shit up. That's what they do historically. So, no, you're right. I hadn't thought of it. But is there a scenario where this just is what whatever the worst possible scenario is for them? Is that on the table? The answer is yes. Part of me wonders, though, does the NFL push all of this stuff? Now, so if he does play week seven, they can make it really, really clear. This is not what we wanted. This is not what we wanted, not what we wanted. If you had to put right now a five-year future bet and your bet five X's, you had to take $10,000 and bet on Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson in five years, which guy is like, it's a no-brainer if you're in a bar talking with sports fans. Like, yeah, this guy's the better player, had the much better run. Like, his teams had more success. Like, who would you feel more confident betting on? God, <laughs> it's a hard one. You got to you only you, those are your only two options. See, Hollywood got pulled over. It looks like on the way to practice today, going like a hundred. Went to jail. Hollywood got arrested. Just got activated. He got arrested today. I didn't see that story. Arrested. Now, uh, it was a 7 a.m. Speeding? Arrested for speeding? Or I'm going to guess he was headed, you know, to practice, maybe going like 100 miles an hour in like a 40. 
I didn't click on the link. I arrested the Hollywood. I think in the right, if we took, God, you know, I Watson's the better player, but the with, Browns, my, the my situation, Kyler, even though Kyler doesn't like tape and Deshaun's better than him. I like this answer. Trey Lance. It's well, not very do, good options. Do you have a, is there somebody, would you? No, I, I, I would be like, can I just keep my money? You just have my money, and I don't want to be associated with this stupid bet. I just think that I, I think the Cardinals are in major trouble, but I think the Browns. Let's just assume, as of right now, he doesn't play for the next year. He's going to miss two years of football in the prime of his career, and then come back over this cloud of negativity of just being a scumbag creep. Like ultimately, people are going to think he's a scumbag creep. You know, it's just that simple. It's like, whoa, Kraft! You mean got a handy from the owner of the place. This guy was... It's not even... Sue Robinson admitted it was insane. He was constantly lying. Does that mean he raped anyone? No, but I I, I never look at the guy the same. Again, I don't look at him like... Part of it is I looked at him such a high regard. Like, I held this guy... I bought into Dabo. I was like, this guy is just like Lamar Mahomes or Herbert. He's just a fucking fantastic guy. You just want to be around him. Turns out it's just not true. You know, that's what's crazy. Like, and we've said this all the time. The standard at quarterback is unfairly high, but for a reason, they by far get the most money. They get, they get all the women. That's, that's the thing where I think people like, even my mom said something this morning. I was driving to Niner practice. She's like, God, I just saw that thing with Deshaun Watson. She's like, he's a really good looking, he's a good looking guy. <laughs> you know, what are what is he doing? And, and people I know in the NFL were like, you know, he's just, I guess he's a little introverted when it comes to going out. He, he doesn't like partying or whatever. It's like, I think there have historically been a lot of introverted star quote unquote athletes that have just done fine in the in the lady department. <laughs> they didn't need to resort to massage therapists. I heard a great story today. Uh, not, not everyone is just like walking into the room owning the place, you know. It's true, but when you're a star and you're rich, I, I heard a great story today from a. I'll leave the uh, superstar athlete's name out of it. It's an old story, but a buddy of mine told me this story. He used to work with this this guy, and um, he was saying, you know, in the Jeter doc where Jeter starts naming off. For people who haven't seen the Jeter documentary, there's a scene where Jeter names the nightlife, and he's like. Monday night, China Club, Tuesday night, whatever, Thursday night, whatever. You you remember that part? Yeah. Jeter's like, Monday night, China Club, Tuesday night, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, all the names. And uh, so this guy says to me today, he's like, you he, know went through, he went through it pretty quickly, even at 45 years yeah. old. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, when Jeter's the China Club, I was there one night, Monday night at the China Club with the superstar baseball player from a visiting team. He's like, the superstar baseball player, nicest baseball player i've ever been around that's what this guy said he goes if you were ever with this guy he never let anybody else pay for anything because he'd had a big contract the night we go to the china club jeter and two guys roll in they sit down at the same table with this this guy and the pjd fat joe <laughs> and it's just models like them 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 and then after a little bit they leave well, Buddy looks over, and there's another there's another baseball player there, and that guy's having the time of his life. And the superstar guy goes, "All right, guys, I'm out." This guy's thing was he would always he'd go to strip clubs and pick up strippers. That's what he would do. He would take the, strippers back to his hotel. The player, the player, the superstar, not Jeter. The super, his thing was very simple: this Frank Sinatra line. 
I don't pay them to come over. I pay them to leave. So they're not a problem for me the next day. And, um, you know, you're saying he took one of the models home from the China club. No, I'm saying the superstar player left, went to a strip club, and oh, just well, get that was he was going to go. Get, gotcha. Them. The models yeah. were going to be too much. It was going to be hard. The model, yeah, the models were. They they were gone with Jeter, <laughs> but there's just another world, a, a level of world that you know that these guys live in, where everything is accessible, and it's part of what makes. I mean, that's not the that's not even close to the worst part of the Deshaun story, but it's part of what makes the Deshaun story weird. Maybe. If I ever get just an enormous big house and host a party, I'm going to put a sign on my front door that says, I don't pay you to come over. I pay you to leave and then just have like a bucket. If I was super rich, I've just hundred dollar bills. It's like, take one. (laughs) Basically like acknowledging that when I say it's time, everyone just leaves. I want you on my time, but it's like when I'm not feeling it anymore, everyone just immediately goes. There's no like laggers. Just like it's like at the end of practice, you just have a blowhorn. Yeah. Bring them Bring up. It up. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for coming. Good effort. Throw your cans in the recycling on the way out. Genius. Uh, this from the coach. She says uh, this was an offensive line comment from before. Thank you, the coach. Trent Williams couldn't even tow the company line in his interview with Mooch. He had to admit he was concerned about the O-line's youth and experience. I didn't see that interview with Mooch and I. Maybe Yam or maybe it was just Mooch. I don't know. I didn't see that. So I didn't I didn't know that Trent um shared that. So that's good to know. Thank you. Well, in fairness, they lost Alex Mack and Lakeland Tomlinson. One guy got thirty million dollars, the other guy went to like seven Pro Bowls. Like that's two of their five guys that just disappeared, one in retirement, one in free agency, were like kind of NFL stalwarts the last I mean, Tomlinson was a starter for a team that won four playoff games and went to a Super Bowl the last three years and was his running mate, right? And Mack was – that was the first year those two guys have ever played together, but Trent Williams and Alex Mack knew about each other, right? If you would ask Trent Williams five years ago, who's one of the best centers in the league? He would have listed like three or four of them. He would have been one of them. Like that's I understand from him, he's looking at these other guys in his mind. Like when you're Steph, at first – remember Steph wanted Avery Bradley, not Gary Payton, because you just look at like, give me the established guy, this guy's – uh, fringe guy you can earn trust over time by the end he loved him right they didn't want to lose him They're like pay him <laughs> but like i i understand him going like okay you just said that banks beside kyle trask is the only second rounder to not play a snap you played so five trent, snaps second few was that to trent williams I, I get i i've seen a couple snaps that i get for him do i am i always gonna have to be helping this guy out well, that's what Kittle and maybe a little use check. Use check might have a pretty big I would be the most fascinated to have a cocktail with Trent and get his take on him. On Banks. Because I think he would be very bullish. Like I don't think he's blowing smoke on the Trey stuff because he's he just sees the physical abilities. And if he's a good guy, like he's like, this guy's going to be fine. But I, as an offensive lineman, it's a little more black and white, right? Like, are you strong enough? Are you stout enough? It's not like... Banks smart enough, played at Notre Dame. It's just, are you good enough? You know, some guys, they all kind of look the same, but they clearly do not all play the same for whatever reason. Like if you just got 200 offensive linemen in the league, there might not even be that many, but like eight, let's just eight times 30, right? Whatever that eight times 10 is 80. So eight times three is like 200. Yeah. Like 200 offensive linemen. 
guards and centers, the majority of them are all going to be under the same vein of size and shapes, right? But Quentin Nelson plays a lot different than the the other guy, right? Or Tomlinson plays a lot different than Banks. But you, you might walk through the door and be like, I think Banks looks a little bit better walking through in shorts and T-shirt. It's like, well, that ain't the case. That's and that's sports. Like, I mean, right? You can not, you, the strongest guy, guy in the world does like yeah, The strongest guy in the world can't necessarily block Drake Jackson just because he's the strongest person on earth, right? One hundred percent. A couple other things I want to uh, show you: Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold continue to rotate with the Panthers' first team offense in a battle for QB one. Said Mayfield, everything's been extremely transparent. It's uh, not said to one person or the other. We both hear both things. Matt Rule said he's not close to a decision. What are these guys doing? Well, what what'd you expect? I don't know that I expected anything different, but what are you doing? Why do you acquire Baker Mayfield to then have a camp battle with Sam Darnold, who you've already determined isn't better than Baker Mayfield? That's why you got Baker Mayfield. But I don't think you've determined that with your own team yet. You know, I then think what are you bringing Baker Mayfield in for? Because Fitterer comes from Seattle, they always compete, competition. I, I don't think it's that crazy. But again, I, I, I think they're kind of choosing between two guys that they're kind of Does screwed. Sam Donald have a chance of being their week one starter? I th- I'd say 50-50. Okay. Well, then then it's a real competition. I think it'd be pretty insane if Baker Mayfield's standing there, hands in his shoulder pads week one. They gave him fifth. They gave him a fifth round pick. They're paying him three million bucks. I understand, but I just why even invite this guy in if you're? Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a real competition. Well, maybe maybe, maybe you're right. I guess Baker probably. I think most people thought Baker was going to start. I got them both playing in several different iterations. I, that's true. The that's a good point. So, so with that the, in the, mind, the, the the order. Yeah, maybe Baker starts the first two games and Sam gets three. Then Baker comes back and then you know. Then he pisses someone off. They end up cutting him about week 10, and then Sam finishes it out, and they give Corral the last two with an interim coach. That I, I could see that kind of rotation. So multiple iterations of Sam and Baker to then interim coach, last two games, Tepper. Let's see. Let's get a look at Corral. I got Corral about Christmas on getting three starts, interim coach. How do you like that? That, that that's, that's my lock of the year. Oh. What's their late season schedule look like? I mean, it's probably like Saints, Bucks, Packers, or something. Games that you will not watch. Corral um, running for his life. Amazon Prime stream. I heard a great story real quick. I was listening to the Andy Staples podcast. He interviewed this guy who wrote a Belichick book. Belichick shows the team a film, you know, before a game. The two two little Belichick notes. One, they edit down the film. For time. So, like, the I guess one of the jokes the author said was uh, Alabama players never knew why everybody was looking for Private Ryan because they edited that part of the movie out. <laughs> because Nick wasn't going to watch a three-hour movie? Because they didn't. Yeah, this this movie, we only got so much time before dinner, before, you know, between. You think they're just looking for Private Ryan for fun? <laughs> yeah, just they got to edit it down. So they edit down all these movies. <laughs> is there a chance like Mark Ingram's like, wait, they were, Private Ryan's family died and he was the only remaining member of his family out there? That's why Tom Hanks was looking for him? Like that guy, whatever Nick's, whatever team he showed it to back in the day. It was Alabama that he showed it to. Um, Amari's so like, God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> so that was one, that was one part of it. They always have a backup DVD. That's how detailed, they bring two copies of the same edited movie in case a copy fails. 
the year before the, the night before they beat Texas for the national title. Miracle. Again, Nicole McCoy got hurt in they, huh? Was it Miracle? Is that what he showed him? Yeah, how'd you know that? Because I've heard the story. Oh, you've heard that story. Okay. Oh, well, so not showed- that I I've just heard he showed a miracle. I think he's shown miracle to several teams. Uh, I guess he wanted to show Invictus, which is the Matt Damon rugby movie, but Trevor Moad, his like mental coach, convinced him to show Miracle. The year before, when they played Utah in the Sugar Bowl, got their ass kicked. Yeah. Saban showed the ring. (laughs) And I guess the story is that Nick always tries to get his pregame speech the next day to have some theme from the movie in it. So Nick folded the ring somehow into his pregame. It's a terrifying movie, right? I do a woman crawling out of the well. I I give. (laughs) They had just lost to Tebow to go to the national championship. I even think Nick kind of waved the white flag on that that Utah game. Yeah, that's forget Utah kicked their ass back in 2008. Yeah, it's a long time ago, but. Never forget Tebow had kicked their ass in the SEC championship game, and that game was to go. You you lose the SEC championship game with a chance to play the Natty. Who did it? Was it two years ago? Bama beat Georgia and got to go to the playoffs, and Georgia played Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati beat the shit out of Georgia, and everyone's like, yeah, and they were kind of right. Cincinnati was good, but Georgia's like, you think we're gonna? We just we just lost to Alabama, go to the national championship. We're gonna take fucking uh, Desmond Ritter seriously? Come on, guys. I always give you a benefit of the doubt if you lose 100%. only one game, though, the SEC championship game, to go to the Natty. Like, that's that's a big blow. And now the playoffs. And then you draw the little engine that could, that is actually sweet, but their whole thing is like, no one gives us respect. And they're like, cool. yeah, we ain't going to give you respect. Either. We don't care. Well, Oklahoma, Boise, right? The, the big comeback, Statue of Liberty. Boise was kicking their ass. Oklahoma came back in that game. Yeah. Where I don't give you the benefit of the doubt is like, Couple years ago, might have been Willie Taggart's year. They got fired. Boise played like Florida State, like week two. You, you're, you, you get your ass kicked. You were taking them seriously week two. You know, yeah. Bowl game, I give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but you get beat week one or week two, you can't go like we were overlooking Fresno State. Bullshit. You know, this is these games matter. Uh, Tyler on the stream, don't take that Alabama away uh, win away from us here in Utah. LOL, kick their ass. Utah doing big things this year too. Not take it away, Tyler. Big Kyle Whittingham, guys. Well, I think where you get the most credit, Boise and Utah, is they parlayed it into dominant programs. Right. So ultimately, like, oh, yeah, you can say their motivation, whatever. Check out the next decade for us. Right. I think those two programs you, and were Utah the had done it. Utah had done it already in the Sugar. I mean, the uh, Fiesta. Bowl. Like, to me, does Cincinnati have seven straight years of going 11 and two? You know, that'll be tough. That'll be difficult. Yeah. Though they've been, they've actually been kicking ass since like I was at Fresno State. Like they've been a really good program. Yeah, I mean Brian Kelly was their coach. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good hire. Do you know uh, Uberflus played for Saban at Toledo? Did not know that. Like him a little more after you said uh, that, yeah, right? I know. Uh, or I'm just looking over my Niner practice notes from the day. How did someone mention that out there? How did you get that nugget? It was just part of the the that was mentioned and the the author mentioned that. What was he like a linebacker for Saban? You know, I don't know. Pro, I mean, you assume he played defense, right? You know, where Nick Saban went to college. Linebacker. Um. Yeah, somewhere weird. It's where? A state. It's something state. 
but it's a small state. You know, it's once you well, hear it, though, it's mm. no, it's it's not even close to Power Five. Not Kansas State, not Indiana State. No, yeah, I would say you're in the vicinity, Indiana State, Missouri State. Yeah, I think you're still kind of in the area, Tennessee State, North, uh, Connecticut State, more west. Where you probably won't get Kent State. Kent State is that why he liked? Uh, was Edelman from Kent State or Toledo? I once said Kent State. It was someone corrected me. It was Toledo. I still would like him, Toledo guy. Yeah, tough Ohio guys. All right. Uh, anything else to add today? <laughs> we did know? a line breakdown, so that's what you come here for. Off day tomorrow. Some of these guys, it's not blaming Kyle. He knows what he's doing. It's I've never been an NFL player, and I did a reel making fun of myself. These practices now, I, I, I it happens a lot in the NBA, kind of the back and forth. I do truly understand if I'm hell, if I'm Dante Whitner and I'm just I, I came into the league in the mid two thousands. Like I'm not even that old. I, hell, I see him out there. He looks honestly. You just see Dante Whitner. I feel like he's like our age. He might you be. That's on him. Yeah, he, he looks fantastic. I can see him watching this, thinking like, my football career looked nothing like this. I mean, guy, three days in the pads, they don't even make it to the third day. <laughs> it's these guys. I, I hope they really realize. And there's not a huge, like, I would say the difference between football and basketball. There's not like Trent Williams and Anthony Munoz aren't talking shit about each other. Like, they, it, the respect level in football is a lot different than basketball, I feel like, in terms of, like, just the game, right? There's not as much animosity, but they got it really, really good. The, the money, the setup for the players, it's a very, very healthy just environment of just easing into the season now. I, I'm, I haven't gone to college practice in years. I would imagine college practices are harder than some of these. Like, is Nick Saban taking the pads off after two days? I, I think college practices, some definitely have, I don't want to say a greater sense of urgency. You have no preseason games. Like, so. if you and I had gone to the first five days of LSU's practice, I'd imagine there's a ton of urgency down there with Brian yeah. Kelly in the program. Yeah. yeah. Now it's different. He's trying to establish. That might be an unfair example, but like Kirby off the national championship, I would be stunned if after two days of pads, he took him off. Now there are rules. I mean, you can't go like, doesn't college have rules? You can't go seven straight days, day off, or is it a little different? I'm sure there are some rules. There's no more double days in college. Yeah. Like the pros. Um, but my point is like th- these, these guys should be very, I hope they realize how lucky they are. Obviously, you got to have the God-given talent, but like the time they were born in life, you know, you get a ton of money, and just how easy it is on your body. Maybe some coaches are a little feel that as a podcaster too. Everything you just said applies to what's streaming. Very, 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 but I admit it constantly how lucky this exists. Acknowledging it. By the way, uh, good adjustment today. You know, Tuesday to Wednesday, no porn bots in the chat today. So I, I think that that adjustment was good. Put a guy in the chat on timeout. Oh, did you? Yeah, just you kind of bothered me. <laughs> I mean, it's our house, John. You know, send somebody home if you have to. So uh, everybody, you know, it, hopefully the porn bots stay away. 
And uh, we continue uh, the semi-clean um, operation we got running here. Friday, we'll be back. Thursday, we'll be Friday. Jimmy, Jimmy, get traded Thursday, maybe. Friday uh, we'll stream be, after practice. Yeah, we'll be back at practice on Friday. So we'll uh, get you some updates then. Thanks for having, uh, hanging. Share it with people. Thank you for helping uh, the show continue to grow. And um, subscribe. Subscribe. Like the video. Podcast. Go check out the YouTube podcast. Give us a review. Five stars. We appreciate that. All right. Adios, everybody. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.